time let's clap our hands to him thank you jesus praise you jesus lord thank you for your mighty power glory 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 well thank you for being in church on this labor day weekend making it a very special time not everyone had to go so we're glad that you're here and uh, we also have several visitors and guests with us several so why don't we give all of them a hand and let them know how much we appreciate them each and every one Thank you for coming out today to the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles and would stand, we're going to read from Matthew 7. I want to talk to you from my heart. We're going to read a few verses here. And so while you're turning, Matthew chapter 7, as you're turning in your Bible, Sister French and I want to thank you for the kind gifts during our record-breaking homecoming and anniversary. Uh, that was a tremendous celebration. Did you have a good time? The God was so good, and what a blessing, not only for us and the gifts to us, but to uh, Bishop and Sister Cole and all the good things of God. We thank you for it. Friday was Sister French and I's 39th wedding anniversary, which, of course, was our 50th church anniversary. Praise God. And uh, so it was nice to get away for a day or two, and we thank you for that and all the things, and that just made it uh, extra nice. And I also know that we will open our hearts as a church of believers to give to the needs of the flood victims in Texas. I follow closely our good friend, Brother Sanders. We pastored in Chicago together. I really admire Brother Sanders. I'm very teared up about it. I'm trying, I'm not going to let myself get em too emotional. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm telling myself. And uh, I have been very, very deeply touched. I know that well, it happened there. It didn't happen here. So, you know, let's go get a hamburger. I know the, the attitude it can, can get a hold of us. But there's something about it. I sense that folks are very, very prayerful about this. And so I know that you will open your hearts. And, you know, I'm thankful for the football player. I don't know anything about him. I, I'm not into all that so much. And if you want to play football and you want to knock people down, you know, that's great. But... In, someone said in 30 minutes or whatever, I, I don't know the story, but by 30 minutes, he, he had raised $15 million for the flood victims. And I said, hallelujah. But I know God's people care, and we will do our very best. And so let's think about it. Let's let God help us as we open, open our hearts. Many of our friends, our churches, and our pastors are in a flood of waters today. Brother Sanders, for example... I know he's a good friend, and I know several of the pastors. In fact, the pastor in uh, Houston that I spoke of this morning, uh, we preach camp meetings together. His family, I know them very, very well. He's a gr one of the great preachers of Pentecost. And uh, I guess the president was there yesterday and others, dignitary, all those things going on. So it is important that we pray, and they need our prayers. Do you believe that prayer changes things? Prayer does change things. And they need us to open our hearts, and we can make, make a difference. Now, if you have your Bibles, I want to turn your attention to the words of Jesus in Matthew 7. So Jesus is our Lord, our Master, and our Teacher, so, and he's God. So, no, so in other words, Jesus, let's say it real simple, Jesus is God in the flesh. That's who Jesus is. So notice here that he is instructing us as how to know real believers from mere religious uh, people. You know, it's one thing to be religious, 
but to be a believer in Jesus. So keep that in mind as we read here in verse 21. So now you see where I'm beginning, verse 21. I want to read all this, but I'm going to hold back. Not, verse 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now I already feel the Holy Ghost moving here today. I believe this is the will of God for this service, this Labor Day weekend. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. I'm going to read it one more time. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Verse 22. Many. Everyone say many. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, we have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came. And that is my message this morning. We're going to entitle it, Clear as a Bell, The Floods Came. Verse 25, and the rain, singular, the rain descended and the floods came. And that is our message. Could we lay our Bibles aside for just a moment? Can we lift our voices and ask God to anoint our hearts this Labor Day weekend and let the Holy Ghost move in his word. Father, right now, I thank you because it is about your spirit and your power. It's not about men. It's not about who we are. Not about the color of my skin. It's not about how much money I have. It's not about my intelligence. Not about my education. Not about anything, people, anything else. It is about you. It is all about you. And, Father, we thank you. We define ourselves by you. You are everything to us. You cause us to love everybody. And I thank you for it and give you praise that your word is true and we give you all the glory. And everyone said, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. Thank you. I know you've been standing. God bless you as you're seated. Now, I'm going to preach today what Jesus preached 2,000 years ago. So my message is entitled... Not that he entitled it, the floods came, but I'm going to. I'm going to use his words and entitle my message, the floods came. And the rain descended and the floods came. The floods which have gripped the nation in the last few days are said to be the worst in U.S. history. Probably the worst, they say, in a thousand years. Now, there are many people are working on this, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying what I'm hearing. And it does appear that certainly American history in a couple hundred years, uh, if this goes back even three or four hundred, then that's, that predates our nation. If it goes back a thousand years, then that's a sermon in itself. And I had a message. I've really wrestled not to preach that message today 
Uh, and so I will not. I've told the Lord I will hold that. I will not preach it today. But there is something about the things happening all about us that remind us very clearly that we need to get ready for the coming of Jesus. It's important that we get ready. Now, what an example, a historic example of the rains descended, which Jesus is using. Uh, let's say, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to be too uh, free here, but maybe allegorically. Uh, I would have labeled it. Did you know this is not labeled as a parable, Brother French? I don't know if you've ever noticed that. None of the scholars label it as a parable. I've always, in my mind, just considered it uh, parabolic. But, uh, but in fact, uh, it is a great example, This what has happened now, of what Jesus is referring to, that the rains descended. And I'm asking God today to allow our current world situation to allow the Holy Ghost to speak to our hearts on this Sunday, this very day. We'll never duplicate it again. Maybe it'll take a thousand years before it would ever be the same as it is today. Now, the rain and the floods are the summation of the parallel between Jesus' sign here in Matthew 7 and the devastation that was wreaked upon our friends all across Texas and into Louisiana. I just happened to be a bit of a Pentecostal uh, researcher. I did a, a PhD on uh, the history of Pentecostalism. And so I know where the, where the deep roots of Pentecost are all over the world. In fact, right now I'm doing a paper on how Pentecostalism is taking root in Africa. Did you know that one of the greatest revivals in the world right now is taking place in Africa? They're getting the Holy Ghost by great numbers. We just got report of a nation where 2,000 people in a United Pentecostal Conference received the Holy Ghost at one time. Woo! Hallelujah! I thank God for it. So rain and floods. This is what Jesus was talking about. Now, of course, I know there's much more. I'm not, I'm not trying to completely uh, deal with everything that Jesus spoke of. I'm simply talking about the floods came. There are no other comparisons intended by this message. I do not mean to make other parallels between Matthew 7 and anything that took place. I'm not pronouncing judgment. I am not saying anything about prophecy because I do not know. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to preach what Jesus preached. The floods came. There's something about it that reminds us of life. And I feel compelled to preach Jesus' message here at this time at our church where there were no floods. In order to capture the moment, the floods came. And so all of us have images. If you don't have, then just try to keep up. But, but that I have nothing, nothing but floods in my mind the entire week. Too many friends, too many churches, too many places, too many things happening. It's, it's flooding and it's hurricane. In fact, there's a hurricane right now heading to Puerto Rico. It's already, is it a five whatever, five speed, what do they call that? Five something. Yeah. I think it's a five. I, I, I keep hearing this four or five. Uh, five uh, seems like a lot. When I run out of fingers, I'm nervous. So I'm quite sure that the devil doesn't want us thinking about building upon the rock today. I'm quite sure of it. He does not want us to consider, especially on a Labor Day, with all the uh, things we're going to do in the hamburgers and everything that's in the steaks and all of that. He doesn't want us to consider what it means to be a true faithful believer and build upon the rock in the midst of our current circumstances. In a world where you're told it doesn't matter, do whatever you want, but the spirit does care. 
That's why the Holy Ghost is here this morning. Just as sure as there are floods in life, so they are as real in the spiritual world. There are spiritual floods and concerns. How do you know you've built well? That's what Jesus is speaking of. And that is by the choice of ground upon which you build. It matters as sure as daylight from dark. It matters. So I tell you this morning, Jesus is the rock. Jesus is the rock. It's more than a church service. It's more than singing. It's more than this or that. It is about Jesus Christ. He is the rock of my salvation. What are you building on? My favorite hymn, one of my favorite, I've got so many favorite hymns, but I, please uh, forgive me for this. I do have a lot of favorite hymns. So when I say that, I'm, I'm not fibbing. I, it really is a favorite hymn. This is one of my absolute favorite hymns. I do have about... 200 favorite absolute but this is one of my favorite hymns on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand the Holy Ghost is speaking to us today all other ground is sinking sand you cannot build on a foundation that is unworthy of the moment or you will pay for it later. So Jesus tells us that the kingdom of God is like, everyone say like, that's why I think this is a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like the time when the floods came. That's interesting. Now you find out a lot of, uh, you find out a lot of things when the rains uh, start pouring down, when things start happening. And many of you are listening today, you know there are things happening in your life of which you cannot explain. You don't know why. You don't know where you're going or how it's going to turn out. But you're looking around and you're wondering what it's all about. Can we just lift our hands and thank God that he's been good to us and he's helped us through it all? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When the rains came down, Lord, you were there. Praise God. Praise God. Of course, when all is calm and the sun shines so beautifully, one may be tempted to believe that rains will never come. It's very easy for us to not think, oh, there's never a judgment day. There's never anything out there. No reason to worry about it. But many of you in your spirit right now, you're thinking, I'm, I'm talking to you. You're thinking in your spirit, my children need to know right from wrong. You're thinking it right now. You're thinking in your spirit, I don't know about all these preachers jumping around and running aisles. I haven't run an aisle yet, but I feel like I might. And you're wondering, you're saying to yourself, my grandchildren, they need to know what is right. There's more to life than the breath I'm breathing right now. Hallelujah. But when the sun's shining and it's so beautiful, you're tempted to think, oh, well, the rains will never come. But you never build for sunny times. Jesus was not referring to just the everyday, everyday. You build wisely. You build for what is coming. You build because it's coming. The floods came. Now I encourage you today to listen to your heart, your Lord, and to your maker. Do not build upon the sand. Don't build on the sand. It's a foolish thing to do, both uh, physically and spiritually. You do not build upon the sand. So it's like a man that builds upon the sand or builds upon a rock. 
So may I be so bold as to tell you the truth today. Regardless of the calm you experience right now, you can say, well, Texas is way over there. Although it's really not that far when you think about it. But, uh, but it's a good ways. Texas is way over there. It happened to them, and I've got too many burgers to fry. You know, you could do that. People often do it. They just can't uh, think about it. And I understand. Sometimes you just, what do you do? You just don't know what to do. But may I be bold today to speak the truth. Regardless of the calm this Labor Day weekend, regardless of clear skies, and you've got change in your pocket, and you may be enjoying sunny days, I trust you are. And it's been rather nice. It's been the strangest summer I've ever experienced in Georgia, but it's been a very, a very nice summer. You can be sure that every ray of sun, every dime you can jingle in your pocket, every good thing that you have came from above. Now, I know there are those that say, oh, no, no, I did it all myself. I know it. I talked to them. They're self-sufficient. They're quite sure God doesn't do a thing. They're not even sure if there is a God. They have a right to that, and uh, it's our job to convince them otherwise. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. The Holy Ghost, and I, I hope you can see that I'm not talking about the weather here. I'm not referring to literal floods or what's going on, although I'm, I'm going to go back and forth and refer to some things. I'm talking about your life and your soul. You must not build upon the world's foundation. Now, folks, listen to what I'm saying. I know somebody said, Reverend, I don't get that business. You guys are like you're in another world. No, no, no. What I'm trying to tell you is you cannot build on what the world says is the answer. You must build upon a foundation that comes from the Lord himself. In fact, the God who built this world tells you how to build your world. Not this world, but another world. I'm talking about your life and your soul building on a firm foundation. You can build upon the rock. You can build upon the truth in a crumbling society as you look around and then you can be prepared when the rains begin to descend. There is an answer that comes from God. It isn't the breath you breathe. It's the God that fills your life. It's the power of God that fills your life. Praise God, the rains descended. As sure as the sun shines today, the day will come. You must build for the day ahead. So if you're confident, you could say amen. It's okay, I'm preaching it. If your confidence is in the pillars of this world, you will surely find it merely sand. If your confidence is in this world, when you need a solid hope, it will slip through your fingers. Tons and tons of young people. I can't help but think, and Lord, forgive me for bringing up an, an analogy that I haven't thought about, or maybe I shouldn't do it, Lord. I, I just want to preach your word, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. So I, I studied in England, and, and uh, so I had some interesting days. And, of course, it's been six years. I've been away from England all this time, ever since I've been in Georgia. And, uh, but not far from there, uh, of course, I was, in, uh, uh, I was in Birmingham. 
And of course, I could go to London when I want, hop on the train, and and uh, then come back home and spend have to spend weeks and weeks and doing uh, my studies over there. And uh, and and then when I got to Georgia, uh, th there's a huge. I think it may be. I'm not sure, but I think it's the. Uh, I don't know. I want to say the largest, but it may not be the absolute largest. I, I, that seems odd. It may not be the numerically largest, but it's one of the most famous. Uh, Concert halls in all of England. It's one of the great centers. I'm, that's, I don't know uh, if you're following me. I'm a little emotional. But um, in other words, there's probably larger halls in London. I'm assuming there must be. But it is called the most, uh, uh, I don't know, famous of concert halls in, in England. That's what they call it. It wasn't far from where I studied. And uh, a few uh, months back, uh, a bunch of teenagers went to listen to their favorite little uh, I, Lord, forgive me for saying it. I should have thought this through. But a famous singer, young lady who's uh, about, you know, very young. And she's a favorite singer. I don't care what her name is. Don't holler it out. I'm just saying they went. But before the concert was over, somebody decided they were going to blow those young people to bits. And they blew the front off of that building and killed dozens of young children. And the singer went back and, and young people. That, I'm going to tell you, folks, we're living in a world where it doesn't make any sense. But I'm telling you, there is a solid rock that you can build your life upon. You can find the answers that really matter if you know the God that made this world. Then, then that changes everything. So are you trusting in worldly things? Now, many trust in chariots. That is to say, they trust in earthly powers and governments. I'm finding this to be more and more so. I used to think it wasn't true, but I've come to see it as a very real problem. People trusting in powers, thinking that worldly power is the solution. Many trust in escapism, my word. That is, through the lure, this is especially true for young people, like uh, their iPhones that are glued to their bodies. I know I sound a little strong here. <laughs> and I get flack every time I make fun of an iPhone. Uh, I have an iPhone. Don't I have an iPhone over there? I have an iPhone. Lord... We want to hear from you. Especially young people. They, and I understand it, it. The escapism of youth is uh, not something that we couldn't comprehend. But, of course, it follows through the cultures, not just young people. I'm seeing people older than I am that are more into escapism than teenagers that I know. They're into escapism. The lure of Hollywood. They're just drawn to it. And fame, anybody with fame, they just want to bow down and practically worship them. But one day, all that glitters will be seen for what it really is. All the glitter, all the this, all the that, uh, so it is. Like the big billboard, and they show you smoking that cigarette that's four miles long, and they're telling you that boy, that boy, smoke this. And they don't show you the 
tons and tons of people in cancer wards that are because of the tobacco and they're sucking it into their lungs over and over and over. But it's an escapism. It's the lure of the world. But I am calling to you today. I'm preaching this weekend. I am telling you there's something that is genuine. It is real. It's real. Hallelujah. Everything else is sinking and unstable. Praise God. Your soul senses it. Your soul knows the preacher's right. Your soul knows it. That's why, that's why it's hard for you to get home and, and get all this out of your mind. Because your heart begins to tell you there's something I don't understand. They're, they're kind of fanatic, but, but there's something about that. Your soul is talking to you. So turn away from all of this, including your own false conceit. That you're, and let me explain that. You have to turn from the idea that your money makes you better than everybody else. That's a false conceit. You may be a, uh, well, I'm going to let it go because you don't want, I, I know you don't want me to say that. But you cannot depend upon your wealth. You better not depend upon your wealth and your own intellect. This is killing the world right now. They've become smarter than God. As though anything you want to do, you can do it on your own. It'll suffice. But I am telling you today, the floods come. The time comes when what you are here for and what you have built for must withstand the flood. The rains will come. You may not want it to, and I trust, oh God, keep us safe and all of that, but they will come. I've shed a thousand tears for my friends whose homes are underwater, who are walking through water today. They can't even have church, and I have wept, but I'm, so I'm preaching to you today. As sure as that imagery is true, <coughs> as sure as the word of God is true. God wants us to think of it in terms of his own word. So Jesus spoke to us thousands of years ago knowing that you could hear it. You could listen to it. And friend, he and he alone is the rock in a weary land. That's a little Old Testament lingo. He's the rock in a weary land. I'm talking to somebody today. The bottle and the drugs and the beer and the joint have you captivated. I am telling you today, it is a spiritual certainty that floods will come. As sure as I'm here, I'm talking to someone prophetically today. God is trying to give you a chance to build your life on a solid foundation. Hallelujah. We've all been moved by the heroism and the gripping stories amidst the deadly storm known as Harvey. Uh, People, for example, I don't, I don't want to go into this, but people have risked their lives. Uh, 
I mean, common people, grandmas out there risking their lives. It just really does something to me to see it, risking their lives. Uh, uh, just a brief example would be the, the two or three times they had to build what the uh, media, at least the media I was looking at, said were human chains. In other words, they'd hold on to one another. But all it would have taken is one, one arm to let loose. Grandma's holding on. She's trying to save them. Trying to save them. Oh, Jesus. See, I, I, I'm going to pull away from this. But that human chain uh, is, uh, uh, is, uh, was the attempt to reach those that were caught in the midst of the flood. All of this reminds us that the floods come. The most recent story was, was uh, last evening, and so I will include it here, and I'm going to, I'm going to close. But uh, I've been personally uh, affected by it because I preached in Beaumont, and I know my friends in Beaumont. We have many, many churches, not just us. I mean, Jesus' name, Apostolic Church is all over Beaumont. And uh, great churches, of course. But there was a, a man last evening in Beaumont who was swept away by the flood from his family, from his home, from his car, from everything. And he'd lost everything at 4 o'clock in the morning. You probably, this is a big news, leading news story, nothing new here. But he was swept away by the current and was only able to save himself by grabbing hold of a tree. And he held on for dear life. But, but he had held on. If I, if I don't know for sure, but, but my understanding of the story as I was uh, seeing it on the Internet is that uh, he, this happened at 4 in the morning. He had been holding on to this tree for, have you read this story? Or he'd held on to this tree for, I'm going to say, six, maybe eight hours. I'm not sure. Something like that. I'm pretty sure it's eight hours. But he held on, and he had become so weak holding on to that tree that he couldn't, um, he couldn't uh, hold on any longer. And there was a boat, because they were fleeing in uh, more, I would call them, they look to me like fishing boats. They don't look to me like, uh, I mean, I know there's all kinds of boats saving people, but I'm, I'm talking about the boat that saved, uh, that was going through these waters here in Beaumont. And uh, for, so he's trying to stay alive, clinging to a tree, but he was so weak that he could no longer hold on. And, and he was, everything lost, but people were escaping in fishing boats in the rush of that current. And I, I don't know if there was any rain. I, I doubt there was rain if it was last night. I don't know if there was rain. The, the floodwaters, just the sound and the rushing of all that and uh, it taken him from an area that pulled him into kind of like a stream. I mean, I saw it. I mean, I didn't just, uh, I'm describing to you something I've watched with my own eyes. And he could barely hold onto that tree and there he was and, and then you, oh Lord, I mean, I was, he's already, it's already over when I saw it, but I was sitting there praying, Lord, save him. He'd been, that's all, it was all over. I was just watching it. But my soul was saying, save him. Save him. Help him, Lord. Help him somehow. But here's the part that was uh, the reason for me to mention it today. These escaping families, I'm talking grandma and the kids. I'm talking a boat that was just like, uh, like I would fish in. They heard a cry. They had no idea he was there. When you look at it, I tried when they first said, you've got to see this. I tried to see him, and I could not 
see him in the way whoever filmed it, I have no idea who, where they were. Never thought of that. <laughs> I don't know where these people were. They probably were a good ways off, and they were trying to get it, and they had to zoom like right on in. And, but you could hear this faint voice, and the people were barely able to save themselves. And they heard it, and I heard the gentleman, whatever his name was, and he said, I heard it. I, I looked. I could barely. Was that a, is that a man? Oh, my God. Lord of heaven, that's a man holding on to that tree. And so they didn't even take a vote. They didn't lose a second of time. They started, some, one of them had a rope, and there was kind of, I don't know what was on the end of it, but if you, you haven't seen this, right? Okay, it's the famous one where the guy's throw. looks like they're, I don't know what's on the end of that rope, and they're throwing it, trying, and, he, and he's doing like this, he's trying to get that rope, and the current's about to take the boat under. They don't act like it makes a bit of difference to them. And so he can't reach it, and he goes under. And everybody, it's like a gasp. I mean, everyone says, oh, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. And they start weeping, and, and they start trying to get over there. And then they had been going against the current, trying to not get into the current where he was, and they just said, oh, Fooey's okay. Can I say Fooey? Okay, Fooey on that. That's a little Chinese there. Uh, Fooey on that. And they started over there. And when they did, the current pushed the boat. And the boat was literally on its side. And the people were, they were all trying their best to get that rope over there. To the man holding onto the tree. And finally, they got close enough that he was able to get it wrapped around him. And then pull him through that, up to that boat that was about to collapse. And pull him into safety. Weakened so much that he couldn't even grab hold of a rope. Almost lost. The only way they knew that he was still there was that he, he had somehow held on with one hand. And all of a sudden, through <laughs> that little hand comes <laughs> through that water like that. And they all said, he's there, he's there, he's there. And they, they got as close as they could. And I thought, you know what? That, to me, is the message. Of course, it's a human story. It's not a message at all. It's just a human event. But it reminds me exactly that out of the midst of the rushing of the waves of the flood, somebody comes. The rushing deadly flood did not stop them, and it does not stop the church of the living God. Nor did fear for their lives stop them. They were escaping its ravages themselves. But no, they did not consider their own lives. But they maneuvered into the current and over to the trees until their boat was sideways in the water, until they reached the drowning man who was too weak to save himself. The flood had come. it was. Grandma was sitting there. I want, to, I want to meet her. I'd love to meet her. Oh, I hope I find out she's an apostolic. I mean, I'd love to meet her. 
over there in that boat and, and they're tossing and they're going, holding on, risking her own life because somebody she doesn't even know. Oh, let me tell you, friends, yes, this world, the flood's going to come, but there's an answer to it all. I'd like for us, come on, let's stand all across the building. Let's lift our hands and give him a little praise. Come on, one more time. Let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. Father, you're with us, Lord. Now, I would like for us to come to the altar to pray because today is a national day of prayer. And I'd like for us to join together in a united voice, not only for the physical flood, but for the spiritual flood for which we are preparing. So wherever and however you choose to pray, Today is a day of prayer for our fellow Americans who are fighting the floods. And I'd like us to gather. Come on, let's get a little closer. Keep coming. I know my voice is gone, but let's gather. We're going to pray a special prayer before we do anything else. Before we celebrate any Labor Day whatsoever. We're going to stand before God as a church. We're going to talk to God about our neighbors and our friends. pray for our nation right now. Heavenly Father, this is a day of celebration as labor. All the laborers and the commoners and every working man and woman, boy and girl, we thank you for it. Thank you for our history of supporting, Lord, everyone, every life, every person, man and woman, boy and girl. But Father, it's also a day of prayer for our nation. And I pray right now last days. Father, help us to do our very best to build and prepare because when floodwaters come, it may just be a simple boat, but we've got a job to do. Father, you're going to help us. And Father, beyond the spiritual, I pray for our churches. I pray for our neighbors. I pray for the state of Texas and our leaders and, and uh, the sunshine one more time. Lord, let your will be done. We thank you for it. Right now, right here, Lord, we pray that we will build a foundation that will be a solid foundation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I wonder if you could reach over and pray for someone near you there. Just kind of reach over and let them know you care for them. Let's just show a little uh, care for one another. Father, you know every need that's here today. You've already moved in a special way. And I ask that, that you will flow through this peace. Lord, you know every need that we have right now. Just flow through us, oh God. Don't let, uh, I, know it's a, I know it's a festive time. But I pray that we will be careful to remember one another, the burdens that others bear. We 
to have a moment of silence and ask God's help and blessing upon our nation right now. 